0: Welcome to the Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson, and it's just me today. I've been thinking a lot lately about how women internalize things, especially when bad things happen to us. We often feel alone and like no one has ever experienced the same thing that we're experiencing, and we often feel like no one would understand. But the truth is, many women, are going through the same things that we're going through right now, and some have even experienced something much more severe. Today's episode is going to be one of the best stories you've heard all year because it's about a woman who went through one of the most humiliating and difficult situations that a mom could possibly go through, and she was able to turn it around and not only survive, but thrive. Joining us today is Darlene Ellison. Darlene is a Senior Vice President at Veritex Community Bank, motivational speaker, author, and founder of Women in Business, She's joining us to talk about how she overcame a family trauma and used her experience to help others. Our guest today has been on Oprah Winfrey, What Pedophiles Don't Want You to Know, Dateline NBC's To Catch a Predator, 2020, and now she's sharing her story on the Bubble Lounge podcast. Thank you for being here, Darlene. Thank you so much for having me. So, we all go through hard times, and it's just kind of a matter of how we react to those. If we succumb to them and we shut down, are we just Pull ourselves together and we pull through them. But you have a really unique story. A story of overcoming
1: quite the difficult situation. You know, I always call um, the story, as you know, we're referring to it. Um, I call it the Daniel Steele novel that no Daniel Steele never wrote,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that but you I, lived.
1: Right? Exactly. Exactly. It's a crazy uh, set of circumstances, and um, it it changed a lot of things for me. Well, just
0: this isn't what the show is about, but just give us a little bit of background of what happened.
1: Sure. I was um, <clears throat> mom of two uh, small children, seven and nine years old um, at the time. And um, their father, who I'd been married to for 10 and a half years, um, I came to discover because of a search and seizure that he um, was an FBI wanted pedophile in the United States and in other countries. And he, he along with seven other um, known pedophiles, a member of an organization called NAMBLA, North American Men Boy Love Association, had been arrested. And um, mistakenly, um, the security, uh, I got a phone call from the security company uh, telling me that someone was there and they'd identified themselves as the FBI. (laughs) And the rest is history. So that's that first moment of jarring, I'm sorry, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I just, as a mom, I cannot imagine having such young kids and, and having that happen. And how do you even explain that to such young kids?
1: You know, interesting enough. So, my background includes um, being a practicing psychologist for many years until I had retired. it. My mom and I had a had a wonderful um, practice together, and uh, retired that and went into a you know into a different direction using different degrees. And um, you know, what, what it's interesting is I used to say that the whole reason I think I went and had that degree was uh, for that moment where I had to sit on my king size bed with my very young children and try to explain. What had just happened to their biological father?
0: Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. So I would imagine your first reaction was pretty intense.
1: I, shock. I, I the the FBI agents when I when I walked in um, essentially said I yet yelled out some kind of. Uh, a funny noise and fell off the couch, <laughs> basically. Oh my God. And, um, you know, the rest, a lot of people think, oh, that's the moment. That's the moment of trauma. That's, and it really isn't the moment, because anyone who's been through any type of traumatic event, um, or, or something terrifying, um, something harmful, hurtful, um, they, that moment, uh, the body and the mind go into this numbing, Thing that happens a natural numbing and so it really isn't it's not that moment I don't think that was the actual trauma or the the journey it's it's all the the moments after that it's like we say children have developmental milestones you know throughout their growth well trauma has these developmental milestones basically and um, I'm pretty sure I went through all of them and some of them twice yeah <laughs> so. that makes
0: perfect sense and so how did you, how long did it take to kind of get through all the milestones and get into a better place?
1: Okay, wow, that's a loaded question because <laughs> I always told people when I was a counselor that um, there is no timeline on grief and on recovery, on betrayal, on loss. And so um, I I don't know that uh, there's a finite, oh, this particular day I woke up from (laughs) being on my knees in quicksand and I was fine. Um, I think that we had to cross a lot of paths. And I think the journey, you know, there's a self-awareness journey that happens for for anyone um, that goes through something that is riveting. And, and this trauma was, like I said, it's a Danielle still novel. It's crazy. People think, oh, that would never happen to anyone I know. Um, maybe not. But a lot of people have tragic loss, um, have traumatic things that have occurred, whether it's current or it becomes current in their mind because it happened many years ago. And so um there's just that there are so many moments. And and you know I'd like to say gosh it's what 17 years later. I mean there are probably still moments. There are moments where I think you know something as simple as you know shedding a tear because I wish that wouldn't have happened. I wish my children didn't have to have that part of their story. And any mother would shed a tear for that. Sure. Well, tell me how you got to the point how do, how you decided
0: to use this to uh, get to where you are now? Okay, wow.
1: Another loaded question. <laughs> well, you're just full of those today, aren't you? Um, you know, I, I think it's the outlook. I, You know, people say, my parents always said, you, do, you have rose-colored glasses on. And today I would tell anybody I'm sitting across from, you know, like you, that I think I have glasses of reality, but I choose to, in the darkest moments, there is some light somewhere. Um, recovery is work and uh, moving through trauma. The worst thing anybody can do is kick it under the carpet and pretend it didn't happen um, because there is no healing in that. Um, there is just all you're doing is putting off what eventually is going to emerge. Right. I truly believe that. And so, so working through that pain and feeling the pain. And you, you have all that numbness I talked about earlier. And when that numbness starts to wear off, because in this case, I mean, remember, there were there were court cases and, and there was um, discovery. And, you know, I c- continued to find out things about this person that I, you know, had two children with and had been married to for 10 and a half years. And so there was this process. And every time one of those things happened, you had to, to deal with that. And, and I chose to sit through the pain. I remember once when my son was young and he asked me, he goes, does everybody know? And I said, yeah, pretty much they do. Um, I wanted to be honest. And I told them I would always tell them the truth, whether you asked me questions now at the ages of seven and nine, or you ask me questions at today when they're 26 and 28, that I would always tell you the truth. You might not like what you hear, but I will always tell you the truth. That's and, so- and I think that's part of what got us through. Yeah,
0: definitely. Well, I like how you... I read that you addressed the elephant in the room by getting out there and talking about it. And I think that that's really great because it's getting ahead of the rumors and all the stories that people like to make up on their own and just addressing it and letting them know from your standpoint. I think that's so great that you got out there and did that.
1: And the only reason I didn't even do that consciously, I think as a mom, I think that we are the fierce mama bear inside of you. You know, one of the biggest milestones is making sure I mean, there was a moment where I didn't want to be alive anymore because I thought that I could never survive this. The judgment, the shame I was feeling sure. um, just from this being a part of, of my story. How did this happen? And really, truly one night, like trying to figure out who in my family would be the best to raise my children. So when you get past that moment and you sit in that pain, knowing that that pain, just just sit there, give, give it a minute. Give it a day. Call out to somebody. Tell somebody what you're feeling because the next day will be brighter. And it's that's a mental health issue. Sure. And um, I did survive that moment. And the for me, it was all about I think the thing that kept me alive and sane and healing was trying to figure out how to make this okay for my kids, how to make this crazy, insane situation okay for my children. Right. Yeah. As a mom, that's all we think about anytime something happens is you're just looking out for them and you're almost, you're secondary. Oh, completely. And you know, and you, you say anything that happens, that's, I I go back to so many people said, oh man, I don't think I could do what you did. Oh, I can't imagine anything like that happening. And my response to, to other women who would say that is you have no idea the courage that lives inside of you until you are confronted with a moment right. that not only changes your life, but can change the lives of your children. And that that was my... Um, I, I live by that. That was my mantra. I'm doing it for them. We are going to be okay. Well, I think that that's such great advice because we all go through
0: hard times. And, you know, I hope most of us won't go through something like you do, did. But we have our own version of trauma and our own stories like that. And I love how... You turn this into a situation where you ended up being a motivational speaker and really being able to encourage people, specifically women, to excel
1: in the work world. Yeah, I think that, you know, as I was going through my own, there's this evolution. In fact, when I was blogging, I, it's called the evolution of she. It's, there's this, this evolution that happened inside of me. And that's that, that journey of, to self, self-awareness. And it happens when anyone, male, female, goes through a trauma um, and works through it. And, um, I, you know, as I, as I journey through it, I feel like my, my purpose— in my life became clearer and clearer and it, it became a part of, you know, what is, you know, what is my character? What, and and what is my level of integrity? What could I do with this? Why was this in my world? And what could I do? So kids are going to be okay. What do we do with that? And really it kept jumping out at me, you know, women and, and the need to, to, be there for each other, to lift each other up, to listen, to see each other, to hear, and to give women a comfort zone—women like you and I—who you look at us and you hear about our background or see where maybe we live or what—and you think, "Oh, their life's perfect; they have it all." Oh, and I can tell you, um, I look one way, and, <laughs> and I was broken, sure. completely broken inside. And so I knew no. Uh, there are a lot of people who are not going to have this crazy story. But there are plenty of women who are battling with something, Mm -hmm. some type of trauma, grief, loss, mental health issue, something. And what could we do for these women? And one thing that I really noted about, you know, in a lot of the things that I was writing about was that, you know, women don't compartmentalize as well as I think our, our male counterparts do. <laughs> and in doing so, when you are an entrepreneur like yourself and you're a wife and you're a mom and you're a professional, an entrepreneur, if somebody's a business leader, a community leader, well, here's the thing. We don't compartmentalize. So if it's happening, if it happened at 8 a.m. inside your house, it's happening all day long in everything you do. It's still there. And so I really wanted to do something that was a, a mentoring, a holding one's hand, a being here for each other that really said it's okay it's okay, let's talk about it. Yeah, we're going to build business. Yeah, we're going to support this or do that. But that's like the mantra of our women in business group that I founded was make friends first and the business will follow. Because that's in essence what we as women do well. Well, I think that that's so important uh, what, what you've provided for women because so often
0: we just kind of, if we're going through something tough, we feel like we're alone. We don't want to share it necessarily with people and you're just kind of floating through life doing your thing. Meanwhile, you're like, processing all this stuff in your in your head that you don't want to share with others that just really weighs on you. And your organization just sounds like such a perfect way, like what you said, make friends first. I love that. And just having that support group and all the great information you're sharing with them.
1: Well, I had, I I remember when I started the first um, group for women in business, um, seven, I guess it's been 16 and a half years ago. And when we started it, and I remember one woman saying, I'd love to come, but I really don't need any new business. Like I'm, I'm full, you know, and, and I said, just come and experience it because sometimes that's all we need. There are days as a now banker where at the end of my long day I'm thinking the last thing I want to do is go network. Sure. But when you walk into a room of of energized fantastic women doing amazing things many times because they had a passion and they figured out how to earn money at a job through this passion and and to hearing their stories and when you walk in saying we're going to make friends first we're not going to worry about the business it'll happen there have been women that have I'll see them on social media like all at a trip and I'm like did you guys know each other before you came to the event they're like no but we met up and we realized we had a lot in common and you know now we're now we're at the beach together and you know things like that or women collaborating or women forming businesses together from that and so it's just it's been such a an eye opening thing for me. I never imagined a million years that we'd have five women in business groups, that we would that this would be growing, that women would be so energized and inspired by it. And, you know, I tell them every, every month when we're at our different events, and I said, the whole reason I keep doing this is because you keep coming and you keep telling <laughs> your friends. And you guys are fabulous women. So let's keep doing this.
0: Well, it sounds like you've really done a great job of attracting the, those passionate people like what you're saying. And I could just imagine the energy of the room and just all the talent and all the exciting things that are discussed in there. Well, so you have five different groups. Tell me about... I would
1: imagine they all have different formats to the meetings. They actually don't. So we put together, when I founded this, I came. I was coming out of, obviously, a recovery space from trauma, uh, loss, grief. Now I'm in a new industry um, trying to find my way because, quite honestly, two young kids, they need health insurance. I needed to be a W-2 employee. Good thing I had that finance degree as well. (laughs) So, you know, when I got an offer to come be a banker, which I didn't want to be at the time. I've never made, you know, (laughs) bones about that. Um, 17 years later, it's the best thing I ever did. But um, at the time, I just thought, you know, what could I do for the community? And, And what am I passionate about? And I was passionate about bringing women together and providing something for them. But here's what I was really passionate about. There are a lot of great networking for women across the Metroplex. But nothing looked like the guy's 19th hole. Nothing looked like (laughs) wine, cheese, conversations, just build friendships. I'm going to put the business card table over here. Don't feel pressure come if you can, move the day of the week and the week of the month around because if you're taking care of an elderly parent or you sit on the school board for your kid's school or you have your Pilates class every Thursday and you don't want to miss it because it's your only hour to yourself, I wanted to make this accessible to all. So I wanted to be as inclusive as I could be. We are so diverse in age group and it's not just race, socioeconomic status, age group type of business. It's amazing the women that walk in the room and the things that they do for a living. It's absolutely amazing. So yeah, and it just kept growing. It grew it grew from being Lakewood Area Women in Business to adding the next year, Park City's North Dallas Women in Business to adding two years ago, Houston Area Women in Business to now adding Collin County and Tarrant County Women in Business. And Houston's already come back and said, we're too big, we need more. We need more Houston. So <laughs> it, it amazes me. And everyone has the same format where it is truly a meet and greet. Come, get a get a little half glass of wine or water, grab some light bites, meet and greet. Make friends first. The business will follow. We have a few announcements in the middle. We always have a charity spotlight of a local charitable organization. And then we do some door prizes, and we say, go back to meeting and greeting. We are here from 6 to 7.30, have fun. And that's the structure. And every group has the same structure. And women eat it up because they say, I go to a lot of great networking. I've just never seen one like this and this is so much fun. Well I love
0: uh, just the diversity that you're talking about because if I'm around the same type of people that are just like me, I get really bored and I feel, I guess, uninspired. But when I get out there and really mingle and make friends with people that are singer and songwriters and you know doing something completely different than me, I really feel inspired and like it gives me
1: creativity and more energy. Yeah. And it just makes you love being a woman in business. Sometimes I go and like I said, I'm so tired at the end of the day and I had this loan and this thing, you know, I had to deal with these, these you know, customers and these issues. And I'm like, oh, the last thing I want to do is go network. I walk in the room and within 10 minutes, I am so inspired by the women who are in the room with me. And it's just, um, it's good for the soul. When I say make friends first, that, that's, that's relationships. So the word really we're looking at is is relationships and peer mentoring and um, girlfriend time, and it's good for the soul. Absolutely, I can't tell you how many times I've gone to lunch with friends, and maybe something was weighing me
0: down, and I didn't even talk about it. But just being there and spending time and s- laughing with them, I felt so much
1: better afterwards. Laughter is the best medicine. <laughs> it really <laughs> so, is. Even in your darkest times, and you know, I I used to um, quote. There was a Maya Angelou quote that I used to, you know. Quote about you know I didn't want to just survive want to, you know you don't don't just survive thrive but if you do so do so with passion compassion style and humor and I used to always joke around I you know be speaking and say the style part is completely questionable because I've <laughs> never been a style icon but to be able to laugh at the things um, that have happened to be able to look back and laugh and find some some something light in the darkest moments in your life is such a gift. Yeah, I would imagine and very empowering too. Absolutely, 100%. And I want to just be able to share that to other women. That's why I'm not, I'm not hesitant or afraid of, of people knowing my crazy story because what is in the rearview mirror. Because the thing is, if that allows somebody to feel halfway comfortable to approaching me and telling me something that happened to them, I'm all in. I'm 100%, all ears. And that is something that we cannot do enough of.
0: Well, tell us how we can find you and how we can get involved.
1: Well, um, I, easy to find me. Uh, I always tell people you can find out more than you ever want to know by just <laughs> Googling me. Uh, but um, in terms of professionally and finding the women in business groups, um, you can either email me at dellison at veritexbank.com. So, um, we also have a webpage for the women in business. And uh, you just go to VeritexBank.com. And if you click on the About Us, there's a women in business page. It tells you about events. It tells you about our summer internship program we do. We do a mentoring program for young women in college. Um, it tells you about what's coming up for each group and, uh, and just in general about the program itself.
0: Well, it sounds amazing. I actually would love to come by and check it out. I can't wait to
1: see you <laughs> at the next one. They're a lot of fun, they really are.
0: Well, Darlene, thank you so much for coming by and sharing your story with us and your women's group. And you've just been so inspiring. And I'm, I'm so happy to meet you.
1: Oh, thank you, Martha. I love what you're doing. So thank you for doing this. And and to all the listeners, you know, girl power is the best power. Absolutely. So thank you. I agree 100%. Well, that's been another episode of the Bubble Lounge. I'm Martha Jackson, and we'll
0: catch you next time.